Sadie and I run Feathers and Fur Falconry Centre and this is Business Chats Unscripted. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very well. We've kind of been sat in my shop so I quite like this. It's nice and warm <laughs> that we're not outside in the cold and rain. Oh gosh, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> so we'll start with how have you ended up here? Not specifically here, um, but that's obviously a big step in your journey was the move with the falconry centre and everything like that but I'm not going to talk about it because that's on you um, <laughs> but yeah how did you end up with your birds gosh it's a very long conversation so I shall keep it to points <laughs> otherwise people will be here having coffee and dinner with us instead so um, I have a degree in conservation I was always going to work outside I um, just love anything British conservation you know I've, I've I love everything across the world, obviously, but British conservation to me was the key. So uh, I came out of uni. I was actually going out with a long-term boyfriend at uni and then came out and his family told me that I wasn't allowed to volunteer, which conservation is pretty much you have to volunteer to do everything. Um, we were married by, by a couple of months after we finished uni. So we were out. I wasn't allowed to volunteer. I had to get a job, have a baby or work for them. So I got a job. That's, that's so many red flags. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was mm. kind of like the, the kind of mafia of Exmoor it was. It was, it was a thing. <laughs> uh, and so I got a job at Falconry Centre where I had previously volunteered because I'd been back and forth to Exmoor through the summers and things. And I was working at this Falconry Centre and then the assistant falconer left and they asked me whether I would train up for it. So... I had no plans to ever work with birds. I've never even been to a falconry centre. I'm pretty sure my mum is very nervous of birds because I've never been to a falconry centre in my life until the one I worked at. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with how the birds are. I love the connection people have with them. And so I stayed there for a couple of months. There was a whole thing where for a few months I owned a lingerie shop, I then got divorced, I then travelled the world trying to get back onto my conservation bit. I went to Africa and Iceland and America. In Africa I ended up um, working for a, uh, not they don't have falconry in Africa, but they have like wildlife rehab and they have birds of prey there, so I worked there, came back with nothing, you know, I came back with nothing. I'd gotten divorced by this point and it was all just, I was just free as a bird, as you might say, hey, ended up working for a breeding centre for Arabs. So they were breeding the falcons for the Arabs, where over the winter there's not a huge amount to do. So I started up a business called Hawks on Walks, which I had done hawk walks previously at the old falconry centre. And I really enjoyed taking Harris Hawks out. It's kind of like walking a dog, but with a hawk. And so I started this little business randomly. Randomly then, weirdly, my boss's girlfriend thought I was having an affair with my boss which I totally wasn't and uh, so I had to leave that job which actually I'm quite pleased with but I took um, Hawks and Walks with me to Shropshire and carried on there and I just loved it I really loved the whole setup and then I wanted to expand a little bit more I was kind of looking to get owls and you know, just come away just from walking around a field. I literally walk around a field 13 times a week uh, with customers all the time. And so I found this really lovely lady with a house. She had big land with horses and things like that. And she was like, yeah, come and move in. We can have the owls. You can do your experience sessions on site. And it was just perfect. She went away to America and came back married a month later 
the man came back and decided he didn't want birds on his new wife and his land. Oh. So in 2009, I was literally on the phone to my mom going, what do I do? Like, what do I do? And she's like, come home. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't come back to Maidenhead. I've got all these, like, you know, by this point, I had a European eagle, a barn owl and three Harris orcs. And so I actually sold Hawks on Walks. I sold the, um, it's called the Goodwill, which is like the idea of the business. Mm. And the website and literally in one day we demolished like took my aviaries down because they were all part built drove all the way down to berkshire from shropshire uh rebuilt the aviaries and put the birds in all the while i have to add and it's bonkers i was trying to save my friend's life who's on the patagonian ice cap whose tent has been destroyed literally that morning <laughs> and i'm trying to save her life because she's going to die in 24 hours because they've got no shelter whatsoever so I've tried to come down, do all this, find out like how to get helicopters and things. It was just the most bonkers. Forty-eight you hours. Have made that up I couldn't if you have made tried. it up. I couldn't have made it up. My poor family had no idea. They just thought I was like over exaggerating. And it wasn't until it was in the national papers that my family actually believed that I had saved my best friend's life, which was very cool. Um, and so, yes, I was based down in this garden centre now and, and I didn't have any clue. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I was kind of lost. I didn't have my business anymore. And then the owner of the garden centre, who was so lovely, such a lovely man, he said, well, you know, why don't we just open the gate and people can come in and see your birds? And bearing in mind that I'd kind of built the, my aviaries in what was the rubbish bin area, it took a lot of work to kind of make it look really tidy. And we were there then for 11 years, gradually oh, wow. building and like adding. I'm, a, I'm not very good at business, but I don't spend money I don't have. So I, you know, I make a bit of money. I worked a couple of part time jobs whilst I used to milk cows and things like that um, or do cow collecting milk for sampling. And then I just gradually built and built and built and built until COVID and then the garden centre we were based in, we'd already lost the garden centre the pet shop, the reptile shop, and the flower shop. So basically, imagine a garden centre with no garden centre in the middle and just these little satellite businesses around. And the COVID obviously shut everything down. And then I, my landlords decided they didn't want to be, didn't want to be running the place anymore and kicked everybody out. So we had How three. Kind of them. Yes, especially in COVID, when we had lost all our money, mm -hmm. all our bookings, everything. I lost my house, so I used to live on site there as well. I had a little place that I could live. And so then we found Moss End. And the rest, they say, is history because this was, it was the worst period of my life. And then it was the best thing that ever happened. So it was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, I think. And the thing that draws me so much to Moss End, which is amazing, is just how um, amazing the community is and how brilliant they are and how they want yeah. to help everybody. It is lovely, like the, the sense of, of community and everyone's ready to back each other and uh, and support each other regardless of who's kind of coming. Yeah, and the thing that is very standout different from the other centre that we had was that this is run as a business, whereas our last place was run as a family. And so yeah. if there was something that needed to be done, it usually took a little while, whereas here... You know, you say something and it, it tends to get done. And, yeah. and they're really super because we're quite, I'm quite a proactive person. Like I'm not someone who would sit back and be like, oh, well, I haven't come and changed my light bulb 
I just changed the light bulb. You know, yeah. I don't think you can get anywhere. As a small business, you have to be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And they're really accepting of that, which I really enjoy. So, and I love the, I love the communityness. I love the fact that I can wander around. And maybe it's just because I'm probably the nosiest person in the world. <laughs> but I know pretty much every business on site. So if I get stopped by a delivery uh, or a delivery driver, I can the, point them in the right direction. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy knowing my community, even if they don't actually know me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they might do. It's a bit random to have a bird place. I'm a bit stand out and a bit different, aren't I? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Was when people come here, like you've got all of the, um, you've got like the the animal round, of you've got them. They come to you, and then they go to the reptile shop, and then they like loop Good round, fish. and they maybe see spud in country mouse and maybe see smudge in uh, with us and then they go to the fish it's like a trip to the zoo it is, it is a trip to the zoo with, with a couple of dogs spattered yeah. well, in between I mean, that's how it used to be over at our last site as well we had a reptile and a pet shop um and it, it it's brilliant for small families you know mm-hmm. when you've got kids and they just don't know what to do and i really love the education element for us yeah. um obviously the others are shops that you know they don't really need to do a lot of education side of it but the fact they could come here and they could learn about the British birds, I really, and it gets people come, you know, regularly coming around and, you know, they might do a sponsorship so they get free entry with that. And I just love seeing them coming back and, and then they start to know the characters. So each of the birds has a personality yeah. and they can start to recognise it. It's not just a bird and an aviary. Um, and then people see that we fly them. So then we get people coming out and coming on doing and sessions, sessions and yeah. coming up and seeing the birds flying around and doing their thing and then coming back to your hand. That's the bit. That's the bit that caught me originally, you know, when I first started. It wasn't the sport, because obviously the idea of falconry, it's a, it's a sport where you go and go hunting. But for me, it was all about the education, but also the fact that you've got this completely different animal. It's not like a dog or a cat or, you know, it's not like a rabbit that will enjoy sitting with you. Birds of prey are very unique and very individual, mm-hmm. and yet they sit in a tree. And many times I have had it where they've just put two fingers up at me and turned around and flown off in the opposite direction. But that's their choice. But then when they swoop down and land on your hand, they've chosen to do that, and they don't need to do that. No. And that, that is the bit that's just the magic. Um, I, don't, I don't know if people get that all the time when they come on sessions, but I really hope that my reaction to it all the time, every day, comes across. And they, they I think, kind of yeah, you're, that. Like you're so clearly passionate about them and, yeah. and all of that. And it's so it's... Hard not to be. They're awesome. They are very cool. <laughs> I was, when you were saying about your hawks on walks, like, it just made me think about... Um, I mean, if anybody's seen your social media, they'll see all the videos you guys do, but... It's when you send like Billie Jean or something off, and like she's just like toddling totally along, yeah. just like I'm gonna hop my way down the path before yes. we get to the field, and yeah, it just fully made well, me my, think of that. My logo used to be like a bird with footprints going all through it, and and because Harris hawks, they were the ones that we used. They follow like a dog. Their, their yeah. natural kind of character is to be group working. So as you went for a walk around, we used to have this beautiful field we'd walk around and the hawks would just come with you along from tree to tree. Sometimes they'd walk along the ground, especially when the toads and the frogs had all coming from the little, you know, come out of the water and they're all just these teeny tiny little toads and frogs and the birds would just walk along and munching their way, <laughs> like snacking as they went around on the, on the hawk walk. So, uh, yeah, they're brilliant. I just oh, that's them. good. <laughs> okay, so what would you say has been, like, one of your big... Uh, achievements, big highs that you've had in, in specifically this business. And I know you've had lots of businesses, <laughs> yeah. but specifically um, feathers and fur. The fact that I built this centre with it Jamie. It is a beautiful centre. Yeah, so it's very unusual. 
I think, especially as a female, to say that I physically built something. Now, obviously, I didn't do all the work at all. I just was the dog's body for my other half, who is a master carpenter. And without him, we wouldn't have had a business at all. He is brilliant. Yeah. And and he project, obviously, it was COVID, so he wasn't going into people's houses, just kitchens and all this kind of stuff. And he said, right, well, we've got a choice. We either close the business or I build you it. And he built built it for me. There was was never a choice of closing it. That's never going to happen. But, like, (laughs) absolutely everything. As you walk into the centre... Like normally, you know, probably most people don't even think about it, but even the gates, the metalwork on the gates he built, the sign, the framework for the sign he built, the fence that runs up, the shop mm. we're sitting in right now, the he and I way. put together on Christmas Day in the Aww. kind of the latter lockdown because we couldn't go anywhere, could we? No one could go no, to anyone's true, Christmas house. So Christmas Day we spent building this because we had such a short period of time to move that it was every day, bang, 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 bang. Um, just to be able, I mean, I'm very bad because I don't do it very often, to stand back and go, everything that we're looking at is from my mind. Like, we mm-hmm. sat down, I clearly remember us sitting down. It was Anne, Olivia and I sat down. We had the shape of the site that we had and we were kind of just penciling what it would be like. And then Jamie came along with his professional head and cut out all lots of bits and made it all kind of proper sizing. But just being able to have that, I mean, I still look at that picture and then... It's there. It's done. You know, yeah, like you it's physically, the physically signs made it. and yeah, the ideas that we have, and and I would totally. Jamie obviously I wouldn't exist without him, but I have a team of volunteers who started with us, and they're still with us, and they are my core ladies. Like mm-hmm. I could not have done it without them. They were literally here till dark in freezing cold temperatures, painting, shoveling gravel, and yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> they are amazing, and I think that's. The fact that we built the centre and then I've made this core group of friends. Oh, yeah. And friends. Yeah. <laughs> and it's quite hard to be social when you work seven days a week. You yeah. Because and, and you don't have the time to just go out and no. like go out for dinners or drinks no. or whatever. Like I it's, think it's hard to It's got to be super planned. Yeah. Otherwise, you just don't know what and you're doing. It's a, a, can I kin it to being a mum who's other friends haven't had babies like they just don't understand yeah you know if you go trying to get a new group of friends they don't understand why you can't get hammered on a friday night or spend that money you know i cannot justify spending a hundred pound on a friday night to be tired and exhausted all the weekend when that's my busy period so i just don't go out you know yeah, and and if you it feels really hard then and people kind of go oh, well, forget about you because you're not there and it's really hard to make friends as a business owner and I'm much older than you but that kind of middle-agey <laughs> life so that's why it's not so middle-aged. important for me to have the ladies here um, and, uh, and the guys yeah we've got a few guys here as well but mostly the ladies <laughs> yeah you've, you've created a great a great team for for yourself yeah definitely a family yeah definitely <laughs> So, what would you say is a kind of negative, a low? I know you talked about, like, when, um, obviously, when you got kicked off that first land and then when your last centre shut down and all of that. But what would you say is your, like, lowest point in the, in your feathers and fur journey? Um, Well, I mean, personally, like, the whole thing. I did, when I first started Feathers and Fur, I came like off this high of traveling and you've got high of kind of setting up a new business mm-hmm. and that first year I crashed I definitely crashed I had depression and it got really really bad 
and then I sort of picked myself up from there and then I think I think the for me the biggest lows are just trying to get a balance right in a business you know like for me there's so many kind of ups and downs of business like a couple of years ago we became VAT registered and that you know was the the most stressful thing and I'm not very good at sort of stepping back and kind of then seeing the picture from not being personal to yeah. everything to me is so personal and I so and I I very accusatory of myself for not being good enough even though you know we're 14 years on and I'm here yeah. but let's take um, yesterday for instance I tried to um, get my car VAT'd or pay my pay my car not VAT, sorry. M- uh, I tried to MOT. MOT, yeah. So, but I was paying my car tax, and it said you weren't MOT'd. And I know I was MOT'd. I know that it was in the diary. I know that it wasn't due to the end of the month. But for 24 hours, I've been berating myself for not being organised enough, and how can I do this? And I think that's probably my lows. My car was MOT'd, and it is now paid for. But it just... I, that's probably my lowest low, is just not being able to get everything right and step back and see how amazing everything is all the time that's does that sound it's quite a long low isn't it (laughs) it's like a continuous low but I I completely get it like it's it's the idea of when you're with when you've got the business in particular is that it's very like you can't separate yourself from like you can't see yourself as two separate entities no and I think with animals that's that's not possible like no of course you have to be here yeah but I started this business because I love teaching and I love education and I love the birds but as we've gotten bigger and obviously now here at Moss End I spend more time on the computer and mm-hmm. now I have to really make proper money now and it used to bug the bejesus out of me when people say oh, it's so nice you can make money from your hobby and I'm like oh. people don't work on a hobby seven days a week you know no. this is my entire life this is a lifestyle not a job not a hobby and but it's like it's along the lines of that. That I think comes from a level of jealousy as well. <laughs> that what well, is that whole idea is like if you love what you do, you're not working. Yeah. So let's go back. Maybe try that again because that was a very long answer, wasn't it? No, no, it's a good answer though. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I like it. It's not a very good low. Like I haven't really had many lows. Like, but I think that shows you as a person, you as a character, in that. Like, I mean, you literally in, like, talking about what you've done and and where you started and how you got here, you went, oh, yeah, I got kicked off and she came back married and that was awful. And then my original in-laws went very particularly great with me. <laughs> and this happened. And then we got this, COVID happened with this and then this. And then I was having to save my best friend's life. And, like, you were doing all that and you went, oh, my nose are just the, you know, it's the... <laughs> and it was like, but that sums you up is that you don't look at though, like lonely. all of those difficult situations you're in as a negative. They just no. were an experience just, that yeah, you've learned from and you've lived with. <laughs> and I think that's that's very telling of you, yeah, uh, and you as a person because a lot of people would have gone, oh, this awful thing happened to me, and then this awful thing happened yeah. to me, and yeah. and they would let it kind of that be not necessarily their personality but like sit on them yeah no definitely Whereas I'm, I'm, you're just like yeah let's get on with it get on whatever with it. like I think probably for me the kind of idea of a low is the fact that I just 
I just don't ever feel successful. I think that's probably my low. Like, mm-hmm. you are successful, but I know, but you just don't think it, do you? Every day you've got to do something different as a business. Yeah, I would love true. to feel that, though. I think that's probably my underlying low. I think you'll get there. Yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm definitely not a perfectionist. Oh. But, unless it's with animals, obviously, I cannot stand dirty water bowls or poop on the walls or things like that, you know, stuff yeah. that doesn't need to even be there. But for me, I'm not a business person at all. I really am flying by the seat of my pants every day trying to figure it out. And I'm lucky in the fact that I'm not I'm not beholden to anyone. So I don't have any loans. I don't have any debt. I don't have any cards. I don't have any dependents. Mm-hmm. I don't owe anything to anybody. I'm literally working and paying, which means that I can breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, I'd like to be better. I want to strut around in my pencil skirt with high heels like a proper businesswoman. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't really want to strut around. I'm quite happy in my welly boots. But <laughs> just... you want to be strutting up a field. Yes. In your jeans and welly lovely. boots and yes. then doing it. With my lovely hats and things. And not, a very cool And hat. thinking, yes, everything is sorted. The accounts are sorted. The paperwork is sorted. Oh, I'm under it's... control. But I'm not sure if anybody ever feels like that, do they? Oh, gosh, no. And I mean, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I talked to you about it when I listened to uh, Stephen Bartlett's podcast that he was talking about. This is a really, really old episode. But it, he was saying that as a CEO or, like, as a small business owner, you are never you have your list of things to do and then people come to you when they have a problem. Yeah. So you look at your list at the end of the day, you look at your list at the end of the day and you've not crossed anything off and you feel like you've done nothing, but all you've done is you've, you've actually put out everybody else's fires and yeah. you fixed everything for everyone else. It just means that you hadn't, you didn't get the chance or the time to do what you wanted yeah. to. That's pretty much my life daily. <laughs> But mostly because of the birds, like the birds do stuff like so you have to make you have to make sure that day to day stuff for these guys is done because yeah, there's no just putting it on the back burn. Oh, gosh, you have no. to do you have to clean. You have it's to fly, not like, oh, I'll answer that email later or I'll do that return later. Like, it's, yeah, no, they yeah. have to be fed. The trouble is, is then they come priority and then sometimes other stuff does fall backwards and backwards and backwards. And then you end up with this massive like, oh, my gosh, I've got all these emails to do. So it is quite a challenge to now have to try and juggle the bigger business and well, still be out it, with the you're birds. You're doing it very well. I'm trying. People hopefully are forgiving that they don't get emails the day. I, th- I think they are. <laughs> I think that's the, there's the thing as well with small businesses is there's, I, it's, I think a lot of people are aware of it. Some people forget that it's you are dealing often with one person. Yeah. It's hard though because you don't, you don't always want to appear as a small business. Like, no. So my website says meet the team and mm-hmm. it's me. <laughs> Me and me and Lee, me and Olivia are just running around like headless chickens, <laughs> which is not good in a falconry centre. Nobody wants to be a headless chicken with a hawk over a week. Would you like to play a game? Okay. Right. <laughs> so it's this or that. Very easy, quick fire. You just got to kind of say which you prefer. Okay. In life. Okay. So, tea or coffee? Tea. Hot or cold? Like being hot or being cold? Being hot. Night in or night out? Uh, oh, I don't know, because I just had a really great night out with the ladies, but... That looked so fun. It was brilliant. It was 80s. Uh, but night in, mostly. Mostly night. with my dog and my dinner. I love eating, so... <laughs> night in, just eating. It's heaven. Food, dog, what could go wrong? Yeah. Um, 
holiday abroad or staycation? Staycation, definitely. I have. It's funny though because I have travelled. Obviously, I've done a bit, but I have no interest in going abroad at the moment with the whole world as it is. Oh gosh, yeah, and I understand that. I yeah, I, it makes me very nervous to be away from the Brodies. <laughs> uh, cash or card for you to use? Cash. I truly believe that we will be a very sad world if we stop using cash and just start using cards because children won't understand the value of spending money. Dads, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, cash or card for your customers? Uh, card. <laughs> because, because they've made it very hard to use cash. And, they have um, made it hard it's to impossible. Use cash. Like, Bratnell doesn't have anywhere to put cash in unless you go to the post office. And All the bank. And the one extra HSBC doesn't take bank, doesn't take cash anymore in Bratnell. No, you can only have notes, so you can't have change. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit challenging. So, cash. And actually, um, as the lady from Money Robin said, it's easy to track customers and things like that when yeah, you're yeah. using card. Uh, sweet or savoury? I was thinking about this one. See, I'm very much a sweet person, but I am dead into vegetables at the moment. So I'm still going to say sweet because tiramisu is just the best thing ever in the whole entire world. Have you had it from the deli? No. <laughs> Mum says that is the best from the sushi she's oh, ever had. Okay. I might have to go Including some, some she's had in Italy. Oh, okay. So okay. definitely, definitely I might have to go and try. Uh, still or sparkling? Sparkling. And I blame Katie for that because... I never used to like sparkling water, but now I feel really posh when I go out and ask for sparkling water and I put it in a wine glass because I'm teetotal. <laughs> uh, a roast or a takeaway? A roast. I don't do takeaways anymore. But what kind of roast? Uh, well, I make quite boring and so grown up. I make a roast chicken every week so that then we can have like dinner for the next three days because I'm so grown up. Of course. Uh, but I love roast beef and I love even more roast lamb, but I can't afford to buy lamb. <laughs> so, yeah, lamb is unnecessarily expensive. Yeah, well, beef's getting there as well. So for me, it's chicken, mostly vegetables at the moment. I just fill my plate up with vegetables, but chicken is so versatile. You're having a veggie, veggie moment. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's favorite dinner is roast chicken with mash and peas and gravy. Oh. And that's it. Gosh. No. My, then... my roast dinners usually have Swede, uh, Brussels sprouts with bacon, vegetables. I'll put some kale and broccoli in with the Brussels sprouts. Honestly, I could. You know how the Americans say that like it's supposed to be 30 vegetables a week? I could do that in a day. <laughs> I love vegetables and pulses and things. Oh. I'd be a good vegetarian. I think I'd be a good vegetarian. But I like meat too much. Okay, so the last kind of question, which, I mean, as you've said, you've listened, you probably know what I'm going to say, is what piece of advice would you give yourself when from when you first started? What piece of advice would you give yourself from now? Can it be two? <laughs> Yes, I'll allow you to. I'll okay. allow you to. So my first one would be to be brave and get good at your numbers. Because even though like, I got into the business for education and for the birds, uh, the numbers scare the bejesus out of me. And mm -hmm. I wish I could still take that advice now. And I would love to be better and more confident with the numbers. So that would have been my piece of advice back then when I started was be good at your numbers just to be confident with them, even mm -hmm. if you're not, you know, not yeah, a yeah, I know genius. And then my other piece of advice would be to trust my gut, which is a really odd thing to say, but there have been a few times where I haven't felt comfortable with a kind of thing that we're doing. So, like, I once paid, like, £500 when I first started 
to a company that was like, yeah, we'll put you out over schools and you'll get loads of bookings. Oh, yeah. And I, I felt wrong about it. And I still went ahead and did it because I was like, well, this is business and it'll be great and I've got to put some marketing investment. It was terrible I didn't get a single thing from it at all. Yeah. And I've done that a few times where I've really not felt right. And weirdly, it's actually also applies with my birds. So there are days where I'll get them out and it just doesn't feel right. They're like, I'm, I'm like something's going to go wrong. And it is inevitably then that they'll bugger off and sit in a tree. And it's funny that you can sort of have that feeling. And so I've definitely learned to say, if I'm not comfortable with something now, I definitely say, you know what, no, I'm, I'm not quite, I don't feel that. And I don't think it will, I don't think it's going to be ever a bad thing that I've said no. Yeah. But if I don't feel comfortable with it, I'm quite happy now to say no, because I've learned from my expensive mistakes. <laughs> but that's all part of the learning curve, isn't it? It is. And you, yeah, you don't learn these things until you've done them, but there are times where I've just felt like it hasn't been right and I should have followed my gut. And so, yeah, follow your gut. Your, your stomach knows. There's a lot of bacteria in there. They know what you're up to. <laughs> that good bacteria. It knows how you should be. Thank like you very much. <laughs> you're Thank very, you very for welcome. Coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah.